0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning. We're going to be looking at several verses of Scripture. Take your outline, too, if you have it. Uh, we're going to look at Ephesians 1.8, but take your outline out, if you would, and let's look at some of the uh, Scriptures today together. And uh, today we're going to finish up a message we started last week. We talked about the, the power of prayer and imagination and what kind of power that's in prayer and imagination. When you begin to visualize something and uh, not only visualize something, but you put legs to that visualization, and things begin to happen. We we talked about that, uh, you know, as far as review, on May the 25th, 1961, President John Kennedy, he stood up and he made a statement, uh, announcement to the joint sessions of Congress about a dream and a goal of putting a man on the moon. Now, folks, at the time, I told you last week, and, and you need to think about this, as far as technology, they ha- there's more technology in this phone right here than they had to put a man on the moon. Can you imagine that? And they had more, you know, and it, it's kind of like, wow. And, it's, and some of the ones at NASA, when they made that statement, I'm sure there's a lot of big eyes down there because it's like, wow, what? We're going to do what? And put a man on the moon? You know, we're going to do that. And uh, But it was a statement of vision. It was a statement made. It was something that was visualized, and it was something that accomplished. And I talked made a statement, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. He wasn't just talking about a physical wall, but he was talking about a way of life that was torn down, and it actually happened. So when we begin to visualize things, and Martin Luther King Jr., as he, you know, I have a dream, and his dream was that it was changing a nation, and it did. It changed the whole nation. As he began to visualize that, he began to speak it out, believe it, and pray about it, and God began to do some things. So last week, we gave you three categories of imagination. Number one, we said the Bible says that there's things we should not imagine, okay? We should not imagine. There's things that we should not imagine, and we talked about worry. Worry is a misuse of your imagination. Matter of fact, the Bible says that don't worry about anything, but pray about everything, so that was the first one. The second thing we said there was you, there's certain things that you cannot imagine. No, the Bible says that You can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. You know, I have not seen, you have not heard. You know, in other words, there's things that that God has there that we can't even imagine, okay, in in heaven. You cannot imagine. And then thirdly, we said there's some things that we should imagine. And we gave you the scripture in Philippians 4.8. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on these things. Everybody say think. Think or imagine. Think on these things. In other words, you begin to visualize. You begin to think on those things. And let me just say this the battlefield of Christianity is in the mind, and the enemy is going to try to put thoughts in your mind, and you've got to cast down imaginations. There's that word, imagination. Casting down imaginations. Those thoughts that come into your mind that they're not goodly thoughts, they're not, they're not godly thoughts. You need to cast them out immediately. How many of you has ever had a bad thought? Let me see your hands. All right, we're in the right church. Okay, the rest of you are going to give an altar call. You can come later. But we've had bad thoughts. We have to cast them down. You have to cast down imaginations. That's what the Bible teaches, you know. You begin to dwell on something like that, and and it can begin to give it growth, and it can grow. And, you know, you need to cast it down real quickly. So you fix your thoughts on whatsoever is true, honorable, righteous. You think on those things. And then we said number four, imagination shapes your lives. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you're a loser, guess what? you're a loser. If you think you're a winner, guess what? You're a winner. In other words, you begin to think that way. You begin to think what? Well, it changes the dynamic of who you are. It starts right here in the mind. It starts in the mind, and that's the reason we need to get our mind right, and we need to get the Word of God in our mind. Come on, somebody. So w- whatever goes on in your head is the, affects the outcome of your life. Can I get a witness this morning? So number five, we said imagination is essential to living by faith. And we give you the scripture there in 2 Corinthians 4.18. We set our eyes not on what we see, but what we cannot see. For what we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see lasts forever. And then we ended on the scripture with God's power working in us. God can do much, much more than we, anything that we could ask or imagine. And that's what we're talking about this morning, ask or imagine. So in your notes, number one, go to the next one this morning in the, in, in the part two. Great lives are built around great dreams. Great lives are built around great dreams. Now, in my lifetime, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of great people, you know, and some of them famous, some of them not so famous, because fame and greatness have nothing to do with one another, okay? Uh, But great lives are built around great dreams, Show me a person that has a great uh, dream, and I'll show you a person that's going to be great. Things are going to happen in their life as they begin to dream that. They begin to think that way. Nobody, Nobody is naturally a great person. Now, you just didn't come out of the womb a great person. No, it didn't happen that way, okay? All right? You need something bigger than your life to draw out of yourself to make you... Uh, better than what you are make you a better person that's the reason we focus on God and the things of God that's the reason we focus on the word of God because the word of God is bigger than we are somebody say amen the word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword and we need that word of God in us we need to read it to be wise believe it to be saved, practice it to be holy it's the word we get it down inside of us so the key is you you're unlocking your imagination, and I become uh, I want to begin to help you to become a great person through that. So you unlock your imagination. You know you take the uh, you, you know you you take the boundaries off. You know some people says you know well I've been told that I can only do so much, folks. That's a lie. Come on, somebody, you know you can do greater things than what you think you can do or what somebody else says you can do. So you don't don't let somebody else define who you are. But let God and God's Word define who you are. Somebody say amen. Let, let, as you begin to pray, let the Holy Spirit define who you are. Now, look at Ephesians 1.18. May God enlighten the eyes of your mind. The eyes of your mind. What is he saying? He's not talking about your physical eyes here. We know that. He's talking about your imagination. The eyes of your, you know, of your mind, okay? He's saying that I pray for your imagination will come alive. I pray that your imagination will come alive in faith and you'll be able to, to, to dream God's dream, whatever God is speaking to you. Not what somebody else is saying or, or what even you're thinking, but what God is saying to you. So God has a calling, I believe, for each and every one of us. And that calling and that dream is bigger than anything that we, that we know about. And we're going to talk about that this morning, okay? So I'm not interested in, in your following your dream. I'm interested in you following God's dream. Because your dream might be so... So big. But let me tell you something. God's dream is so much bigger. Somebody say, "Amen." So if you can't dream God's dream, you're not really living. And I want us to think about that. Proverbs twenty-eight, eighteen: Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. There's that word vision. And again, you know, we think think about imagination or vision. Where there's no vision, the people perish. We need to begin to think uh, the way God thinks. We need to dream God's dream for our lives. If you believe that, say amen. Number two, write this down. God's dream for my life is bigger than my dream. Now, God's dream for my life is bigger than my dream. It's so much bigger, okay? It's far larger. It's eternally significant, God's dream. My dream might be for something whatever, but God's dream is always going to be bigger than that. Now, do you think God put you here on planet Earth to live for yourself? No. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for God, okay? So, with that in mind, Ephesians 3.20 says, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I like that. In and, in and, and, uh, in the Message Bible, that you could ever imagine or guess. You know, in other words, God can do far more. In other words, you can do so much, but God can do far more than that. And that's the reason we need to look to God. So notice far more than you could ever imagine. I don't know about you, but I'm a dreamer. I can dream about big things. I can imagine big things. And i tell you what, if you put that together with with the Word of God and the things of God, you begin to dream the way God wants you to dream. Let me tell you something. You can get to the place where you can see God's will for your life and God's way for your life. You have no idea what God wants you to do in your life. So you start dreaming. You start dreaming about that. And you're living in a small fraction of where God wants you to be. God wants you to be so much bigger than you are. And here's what the Bible says. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, His Spirit working deeply and gently within us. That's how He does it. It's the Spirit of God. In other words, God can put a thought in your mind. Let me just say this. There's, you know, people get paid for their thoughts. How many of you know patents? How many of you know what a patent is? You know? And a person gets an idea and they write that, and they they make a lot of money on that. You know, so 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 you know what? I believe God can give us a lot of patents. Come on, somebody. I believe and I'm not talking about just physical that you can make money on, but I'm talking about for the kingdom of God's sake as well. There's just a lot of things that you can imagine, and God could just anoint your mind. and, 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 And He does it not by pushing us around but by working within us through his spirit through his spirit working now write this down let the size of my dream determine the size of my goal let the size of my god determine the size of my goal let the size of my god determine the size of my goal how many of you know if you got a big god you can have a big goal and you can dream big if God is on your side. Martin Luther King Jr., dream big. I'd mean, He changed the nation, folks. I'm telling you, it can be done. And what we need to do, we need to start with God. God, what do you want in my life? I must let the size of my God, not the size of my gift, not the size of my, you know, but the size of my God determine the size of my goal. Not not the anything else, but what God says and what who God is. Number three, write this down. We're going pretty fast. I so want you to get these down. Doubt is the enemy of imagination Now folks, I'll tell you what Sometimes you're going to have doubts that's going to come in your mind How many of you ever have a doubt? Let me see your hands Okay, I'm in the right church Doubt is the enemy of imagination Doubt and fear neutralize what God wants to do in your life In other words, God wants to do something in your life it, Doubt could come in and just push it right out of the way He could just neutralize it, take it right out of the way It takes courage to imagine It takes courage to imagine you know why most people don't imagine? Because they're afraid of failure. They want to stay where they are. And God says, you know what? You can step out of that. I will be with you. You know, you know it, it's okay to have a, a good marriage, but how I many of you know God wants you to have a great marriage? Come on, somebody. And to have a great marriage, let me tell you something, you know, and spouses that are here, if you treat your wife like a queen, she'll treat you like a king. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Okay. And here's another thing. You, you know, the your spouse, you, you know, you're here and the man's here, the woman's here and God's up here. And the closer you get to God, the closer you're going to get to each other. Come on, somebody. You need to have something bigger in your life. You need to have God as the center of your life. In other words, we're going to do it this way and you're both on the same team because you're on God's team. Come on, somebody. And it's a good deal. So doubt is the enemy of imagination. Now, you know, some people are just stuck in the status quo. You know what the status quo is in Latin? The mess you're in. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we get in a mess. How many of you know things could just be beautiful till we get a hold of it? How many of you know we can mess things up? Now, you're meddling now, Pastor. No, I'm preaching good. Come on, somebody. You don't imagine what it would be like. You just think about what it is. You start using your imagination muscle. You need to start using it. Some people have stopped using it, and that's the problem. You need to start thinking what it can be like when God is in this thing, and God can do much bigger than what we can do. Somebody say amen. Amen. You put God to work in your life. If you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to continue to get what you're getting. Come on, somebody. So the way to get out of that and to break that up is you begin to imagine what how things could be better than what they are now. And that's what I believe God is speaking to us today. How can you change your present situation? You start imagining the success that God wants you to have. Now, look at uh, the next scripture here. Here's, here's the way you do it. Somebody says, well, give me some practical points of how to do it. Here's a, here's a great way to start right here in James chapter 1. I love this verse of scripture. If you need wisdom, how many of you know sometimes we need wisdom? Oh, yes, you know, knowledge is something you know something. And there's some people who got a lot of knowledge, but they don't have a lot of wisdom. You know, if you, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know how to use it, it's not, it, it does you no good. you got to, you know, you know, a, a, a word spoken in, in the right time is a beautiful. You know, but you know, you can take a word, you know, the same word spoken another time could be the wrong time to use that. So wisdom tells you when to use the knowledge that you have. And some people need wisdom. Come on, somebody. I mean, your problem is you just need some wisdom in what you do. You want to know God's dream vision for your life. If you need wisdom, here it is. Just ask God for it because he is generous and enjoys giving to everyone. You know, the problem is some people think they know it already. They already know. You know, I don't don't need to know nothing. I know it all. Well, God says you're a failure in life. But when you ask God, everybody say, when you ask God. See, I'm asking God, God help me in my present situation, because I don't want to stay where I am. I want to go to the place where I want to go to the next level where you want me to be. I want to be a success. I want other people to see me as a success. How can I do that? When you ask God, you must believe in faith and not doubt. There's that word "doubt again. See, doubt is the enemy of imagination. You can't doubt. Now, if you do, let's see what happens. For a double. Minded man is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven back and tossed forth and tossed about the wind. Such doubters cannot decide about anything they do, so they should not imagine, there's that word imagine again, not imagine, receive anything from the Lord. Some people say, I'm not getting my prayers answered. Folks, you got to ask in faith. Come on, somebody. Doubt's going to try to come in there. You've got to ask in faith. You've got to believe in faith. You've got to, first of all, ask. You got to ask, then ask in faith. Did you hear that? Doubt will destroy you. It will destroy you, okay? And, and there's a great story in the Bible about a man who had a son who was sick, and he came to Jesus. And we'll pick it up in, in Matthew chapter 9. Look in your notes. The man said to Jesus, the man said to Jesus, Please heal my son if you can. How many of you know Jesus can? Well, that was something, if you can. And Jesus replied, what do you mean? If I can. Anything is possible. Here He throws it back at him. He throws the if. Everybody say if. He throws the if back at him. Anything is possible if a person believes. So what you got to do? You got to believe. You got to believe. The father replied, I like this. I like this. He says, I do believe. But help me not to doubt. I love the honesty of this guy, don't you? He's just honest, okay? He's honest. He he goes, I believe. I just have some doubts. And, And one of the passages translates it this way. Lord, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And see, this is where the crux of the problem many times comes in for us. You know, we start imagining, we start believing God for something better in our lives, our family, our relationships, our finances, our marriage, whatever it may be. And the enemy comes in, you know, and he starts throwing these little fiery darts into your mind about this, that, or the other. And then we've got to get back to this. I believe in God. You just draw a line in the sand and said, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. I love the movie War Room. We did a series on it. You know, and Elizabeth just said, "You know, I believe in God for my marriage. I believe in God for my marriage. And that's what we have to do for things in life. Somebody say amen. Mm. Now, some time back, I sent my wife some flowers, or I got her some, I should say, picked some up, and she was gone. She came back and had some flowers there, and I got one of those helium balloons. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It says, I love you in big red letters. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all puffed up and the balloons, so nice, you know. It stayed that way for about three days. And then I started noticing the helium in the balloon must have leaked out. Start going down, going down. Mm. Some of you has got a dream and you start leaking. Come on, somebody. Right. <laughs> you got a leak, you know, <laughs> and you need to start praying and plug it up. Come on, somebody. I, I mean, you know, it's just, this is life. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to pray one time and that's it. No, 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 no. You just, you need to, the Bible says you continually pray. Believe in God. Because, you know, every day you're facing new things. Come on, somebody. So, you know, dreams that some of you had are like that leaked out little by little of time. So maybe you need, you know, know, maybe you had imagination, but then you quit imagining things and they start. We need to get that fuel back in there. So how do we refuel God's dream for my life? Number four, here's number four. You need to write this down. God's spirit, God's word fuels my imagination. You know, to keep it up, to keep things going in your life, you need to fuel, you know. If you're going from here to there in a vehicle today, you're, you know, you're going to have, some, have petrol. If, it's, if you're out of petrol, you're going to have to go get some uh, gasoline, okay, and, and get, get into that car, you know, if its on E. How many of you know E doesn't mean Enough. It means empty. I've tried to tell my kids this for years. Come on, somebody. Most of them learned the hard way. I had to go get the gas can and go, you know, and put some in their tank. Can I get a witness? How many of you have done it? Come on. Yeah, I see you. Okay. But this is what we have to do. God's spirit, God's word. Those are the two sources that God provides energy for your dream. And if you don't, you're going to run out of uh, petrol, you're going to run out of gas, you're going to run out of fuel. You cannot go forward without God's Spirit and God's Word. That's the reason we come together and we worship on a Sunday. Come on, somebody. That's the reason we have uh, small groups like at 9.30 hour or Wednesday night or whatever it is. Why? It's because we're refueling. Come on, somebody. Because we know the fuel that we had yesterday is not for today. We burned it up yesterday. We need some more fuel today. We need God's words today. Come on, somebody. We need some more Spirit today. He gives His Spirit, His Holy Spirit. Then He gives His Word, the Bible. And we need to get it into our lives. Now, here's what the psalmist said. Another source of refueling is God's Word. Psalms 119, your Spirit. Let me just go back a little bit. John 14, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper who will be with you forever. The helper is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. And He can live within you. There's times I don't know how to pray And the, the Holy Spirit helps me to pray In the will of God And I know God's way Because of the Spirit of God I need that Spirit in me Somebody say amen Now I can show you through the book of Acts they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 But there was refillings all throughout the book of Acts Not once you're filled you're always filled You need to get filled Come on somebody How many of you know once you eat a good meal you have, it, It's good for about 2 or 3 hours And you get hungry again Somebody said, well, I ate last year. Well, you're going to have to eat some more or you're going to die. Come on, somebody. You getting my drift? And then the other thing is Psalms 119. His word, open my eyes. In your scripture, look at it there in your notes. To see the wonderful truths in your law. Help me to understand the meaning of your commandments. And I will meditate. That's imagine. That's think about it. That's consider it. That's meditate on it. That's imagine On your wonderful miracles. Now, how do we do all of this? We do it on a daily basis. We have a time that we have to pull ourselves aside. How many of you have cell phones? Let me see your hands. Okay. How many of you know if you don't plug them up at least once a day or every other day, you're not going to use them? How many of you ever went to get your cell phone and it's dead? Well, that's the way you are sometimes. That's the way you are on the inside. You, you haven't been praying. You haven't been reading the word. You haven't been doing anything. The devil says, well, I'm going to go box his jaws. He's just, he, he, you know, he there's nothing there. The way we get our strength, the way we get our power, the way we go forward, is we have a daily, everybody say daily, a daily time with God. You have a daily time of praying. And let me tell you something. Prayer, and we talked about this this past week. We had a great series on prayer. But how many of you would agree prayer is not just gimme, 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 Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme? Praise ye the Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme. (laughs) That's the way some people's prayers are. You know. I, I, we, we, we taught in, in the, in the, times of teaching in that area of prayer, we, you know, you need to, you know, our father, you start out relationally, our father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. You're Jehovah Jireh, Lord, you're my provider. You're Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer. You begin to praise God. You, you get in a, and you, you know, and let me tell you, it's not just always asking. There's sometimes you're going to get in the presence of God and you need to listen. How many of you have ever been around someone that you couldn't get in a word edgewise? You know what I'm talking about? You know, every time you start to say something God says, I've been trying to talk to them for about an hour. And all they're doing is just that we call it motor mouth. Come on somebody. You know, you know, you know, you know just going, 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 and going, 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 and going some more going, going. <laughs> I've never heard the Lord say that, but He probably has. <laughs> Shut it up. Yep. And then we ask for guidance, we, and, and in that prayer time, you know, we're, we're, not, we're there to pray. Sometimes we're just there to listen too, and say, God, what's going on? You know, how many's ever had gotten in an argument with someone, your spouse or someone else, and you just knew it's all their fault. That's a problem. Them. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are like a dog, you know, in the back window. I've been that way. We need to listen. And then we ask for guidance. You just get into a relaxing mode. Sometimes you don't even need to be listening to music or whatever. You just just some quiet time. That's okay with music. Or I'm not saying, that's, you know, don't do that. I'm just saying sometimes it's just a time just to listen to God. Be still, know that I'm God. And then, and then, lastly, there in Job chapter 33, ask for guidance. Job speaks again and again through people often do not recognize it. In Job 33, God, rather, speaks again and again, though people often do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions, in night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in bed. Ooh, you know, some things that I, I'll be honest with you, I have got some amazing things while I've been sleeping and that God began to speak to me and I'm thinking, you know, why did God speak that way? You know, maybe because I wasn't listening any other time. Problems that needed to be solved, it's like, wow. You know, it just kind of comes to you through, through ways like that. Isaiah 50, the sovereign Lord has given me the words of wisdom so I know what to say to all these weary ones. God has given me the verse many times here that morning by morning he awakes me and opens my understanding to his will. There's been times that I've been thinking about something and it's just pressing. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know how, what God wants to do here. And all of a sudden it just comes to you. That's the reason you need to have some quiet time too. You just need to have some quiet time. Number five, write this down. we we'll want to get all these in. Growing my character will clarify my vision. Growing my character will qualify, uh, clarify rather, my vision. What I mean by this is that you you're, you're having a hard time getting God's dream for your life. You you just can't see it. You can't get it. You don't get the vision. So if you need to focus on growing up spiritually, you focus on growing up spiritually. Because the more mature you become, the clearer the vision will be. And as you add character qualities in your life, you're going to be able to see things more clearly. Here's what the Bible says. And I want you to see this. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Listen to this. and send your notes there. It's talking about adding to your faith. To your faith, add godliness, the foundation of your faith. It is impossible to please God without faith, but add to your faith goodness. He says, in addition to your faith, add goodness. Okay, notice that. And then he says, add knowledge. And then he says, add self-control. Then he says, add patience. In other words, these are some qualities that we need in our life. How many of you would agree that sometimes we just need some patience in our life? We don't have the patience that we need to have. And that's what we add patience, okay? He's saying if you build these things into your life, you're gonna grow spiritually. And that's what God wants us to do. And many times, the trials that we're facing, the things that we go through, brings us to a place in our life where we realize that we need some of these things in our lives. We need patience, we need goodness, we need knowledge. We need self-control. We've been a little out of control or, you you know, we need that in our lives. And the character building as we begin to grow, it becomes evident that we need these things. And he says also, he ends up, says, if all these things are in you and are growing, they will help you to be useful and productive. I want you to notice that, underline that, useful and productive. How many of you want to be useful and productive? Let me see your hands. That's where we want to be. That's what we want in our life. Now, this is a a good goal for you. It's a a God goal for you, okay? But he says, anyone who does not have these qualities cannot see clearly. That's the reason we need to have vision. That's the reason we need to imagine things, okay? Because we want to see things. You know, sometimes, some of us, we 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 need to be right here, and we need to just go over here, and we need to look at ourselves, and we need to see ourselves the way other people see us. It would, be, it would be something uh, very positive in you if you could see yourself the way others see you. Somebody say amen. Because there's something in us that believe we have it all right and other people have it all wrong when many times the biggest devil that you're ever going to face is S-E-L-F, self, yourself. Get that under control. And God can help you to be the person That he wants you to be. Somebody say amen. Let's finish it up. Number six. If a dream is from God, it will be connected somehow to his church and plan for the world. If you have a dream from God, it will be connected somehow to the church and plan for the world. Why would God give you a self-centered dream unconnected? He wouldn't do that. That's not what God's going to do. God's not going to do that. God's just not going to give you things to heap it up on yourselves. Just to, you know, now he blesses you and he meets your needs. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a goal and a dream that's bigger, that, 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 that's going to help the church and help the world. And it's going to, you know, something that's going to be bigger than you. It's going to go out and it's going to be magnifying and blessing to others around you. Okay? Uh, God's dream overarches his plan. God, you know, is building a family, and he's collecting family members from every nation, tribe, language, and, and, and people group. And he puts us together. Why does he do that? You know, why, why does God want us to come together? And, and the Bible says, forsake not the assembling together as the manner of some is. Why does God want us to come together? Because I believe we can do things together better than we can apart. Can you say amen? And we need each other. What you know, we need each other. We are a brother's keeper. We're we're helping one another. Uh, two's better than one. You got one over here, you got one over here, you get them together. One could put a thousand flight, two could put ten thousand flight. Come on, somebody. Amen. And then when we come together, can you imagine? Let me let me just say this. People that 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 great minds, they say great minds think alike. Can you imagine if every one of us started to imagining things that God wanted for our lives, for this church, for our families. And we started thinking together, coming together, brainstorming together, and praying together, and and all these things. How many of you know there would be a a greater thing going on here? Somebody say, wow, that, that church, those people, man, they've got something going on there. So if a dream is from God, it will be connected. It will be connected somehow to the church. And the plan for the world. It's a connection there. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, the dream he had. Uh, it, you know, it was not, wasn't just for him. He wasn't just thinking about himself. He was thinking about, you know, uh, you know mankind as a whole. He was thinking about all of the people. Somebody say man Coming together, red and yellow, black and white. Coming together as one and just breaking down the walls. That's, that's, what, he, that's what his dream was all about. God did, did not create you to live on earth, to live a self-centered life. Right. But God has created you to be great. Somebody say amen. amen. And I want to make that point today, if I don't say anything else. That you know what, you can get to, you start imagining things and God, you know, God, but let me tell you, don't let that exalt you. You know, if you want to become great, <laughs> you're, you're going to be a servant too. Somebody say Amen. And those gifts and those tools and those things that God gives you, it's not only going to help you, but it's going to help you to help others mm-hmm. finding their niche and their gifts and their, you know, and their way in life that they too can be great. And it's going to, be, it, it, it's going to affect people all around. So we're, we're going to close in just a minute here, but I want to show you a couple things. You know, the Great Commission, the Great Commission... Go, you therefore, and make disciples, not just winning souls, but make disciples in every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do everything. Notice this I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How many of you would say that there's not only a commandment there, but there's conditions to the commandment as well? It's conditions go and make disciples, and this is how you do it. And then it says, and teach them to do everything I've commanded you to do. Teach them to do those things. You weren't put on planet Earth to live for yourself. Now, Jesus says, if you try, and this is Jesus talking, notice this. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will what? How many of you know you've seen people that seemingly lost it? Okay. Notice this, buddy, everybody say, but if. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, that's the the Great Commission, you will find it. You will find true life. Now, three questions. We will end right here. Three questions. What if, why not, and why not me? What if, why not, and why not me? The first question is, what if? What if I am open to new possibilities? hmm and I did this, or I did that. And whatever you're doing right now, you're, you're opening yourself up to new possibilities. You know, remember I said if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to continue to get what you're getting. What if I open my mind up to new possibilities, and I begin to think, do things differently? Think about it. Wow, what if I did that to new possibilities? And then the why not? What you see in the world that needs to be done, that is not being done, or not being done well, or not being done enough, You see a problem in the world, and maybe you can make a difference with that problem, okay? And why not, okay? And then the third question, why not me? Why not now? Can you imagine what God could do if we open our minds and our hearts and we allow him to come into our lives in the way that he wants to come into our lives? How many of you know great things can happen? You might say, Pastor, you don't know my problems. Well, I'm just going to say to you, you don't know my God. Because let me tell you something, a problem is just an opportunity for God to move in your life and turn it around. We're all going to have problems. I I don't want to be facetious enough to say I don't have problems. I have problems just like you have problems. But my God's big enough to help me through my problems. He's big enough to help you through your problems.